0: This is Marina Guimarães for the Weekly Thread podcast series. Today we're talking about the latest episode in Belarus, where a commercial plane carrying an opposition Belarusian journalist, Roman Kuklazevich was forced to land in Minsk. Several countries, mostly members of the European Union, have already condemned the episode. Boris Johnson also called the episode deeply distressing. To talk about Belarus, we have here Mathieu Bouleg a research fellow at Chatham House. He's particularly focused on Eurasian security, defense issues and Russia's domestic and foreign policy. Hello, Mathieu, it's very nice to have you here. Hi, Marina, thank you for having me. So, Minsk has already closed its land borders last year when it accused NATO of preparing to invade the country. Now the airspace has also been closed. What are the dangers of complete isolation?
1: So uh, I would argue the country is already quite isolated. If you look at the latest trend in the evolution of Belarus politics with the wider region, and I'm excluding Russia here, but if you look at Western Belarusian engagement, then I would argue that since the latest presidential elections that President Lukashenko has basically lost but refuses to leave Relations with the West have been deteriorating. It's more a question of the West, the European Union, the United States, showing more teeth and more resolve. Around uh, signaling and showing Lukashenko that he would not get away with such behavior, but I would I would a- already argue that these relations are, are bad as they are, and they are at the uh, almost on the verge of being severed completely, which brings more fuel for Russia in a way to get back more closely to to Belarus.
0: And you mentioned the last elections. A lot of protests have happened in Belarus after uh, Lukashenko got re-elected and refused to leave office. A few European Union members have also um, not accepted the the elections. How is the environment? Can you explain a little bit about the situation in Belarus before the airplane was hijacked and forced to let in Minsk? Who is the opposition that Lukashenko faces domestically? Right,
1: so I'm not, I'm not a Belarus specialist, so I will not I will not extend too much on it. But what we have is fundamentally an outgoing president who lost the elections by the numbers, who falsified results to make sure he got reelected but not through the streets, but through machinations and, and, and ploys and refuses to leave power to a, a transitioning opposition who is trying to turn the country away from the sort of old style politics that Lukashenko has been embodying since rise to power in 1994. So what we have basically is a, a stalemate between a, an outgoing president and the streets the people of Belarus who represents their position, and the position being represented by the people and not by the elite, who want to uh, overturn this decision and rise peacefully, and I insist on the word peacefully to power. The issue now is a question of legitimacy for the uh, outgoing president who has lost all support from the international community, who has lost the support of a majority of the population, but still clings on and grips to power because he still owns the security services, because he still owns the corridors of power and the risen distribution of wealth in most parts of the country, and because he's been balancing in a way or leveraging his, his survival with and through Moscow and the Kremlin. So the the, the problem for the opposition now is to transform their capital uh, and their impetus into political leverage, political capital, which so far, it seems, has not been picking up the uh, movement led as it is by Zvetlana Tsikhanovskaya, doesn't seem to be amounting and transforming to enough political capital or enough political momentum to be sustaining the sort of revolution that has been fueled for almost a year now, because August, the election took place in August 2020. So the the problem is that the more the opposition in a way fails to gain this momentum now, the more this is leading Lukashenko to grip on to power and remain in place for the time being, which, today, is leading to a stalemate, I would argue.
0: The European Union leaders have already agreed this week to impose a new round of sanctions. What does that mean for the future of EU-Belarus relations? So it
1: doesn't mean much, because we have a tendency in Europe and the West in general to confuse sanctions with policy. Sanctions are a tool that are supposed to bring anyone at a table of negotiation to obtain either concessions or to change someone's behaviour or to alter or stop someone's behaviour. The problem is that we mistake sanctions for an end game in themselves. We think sanctions are a policy and this is the end, that we don't need to do anything because we've sanctioned. I would argue otherwise and I would argue sanctions should be a path. Leading to something tangible and actionable that is in the West's interest. The problem today is that there is absolutely no clear end game on what it is from and with Belarus, not least because it is taking us to Russia policy and it is already divided as it is. And because we don't really know what to do, and also because we probably don't have enough interest in managing a transition in, in Belarus, and because it is a country that is generally absent from European considerations and calculations.
0: And what are the, do you know the economic importance of Belarus? Why why should we care about what's happening there?
1: So beyond economics, we should care about Belarus and for the Belarusian people because it is the epitome and the symbol of democratic, peaceful democratic transition from an authoritarian regime to the empowerment of the Belarusian population who voted for an ouster of Lukashenko, and a peaceful transition to a form of governance that is closer to our interests, and that is closer to the respect of human rights, the respect of minorities, and so on, that is opposite to uh, the current leadership's logic, which is what we should care. If we don't care about Belarus, then we should not say we care about other countries because it is Steps. It is a country that wants to change and wants to enact change through its population, once again, through a peaceful movement, and this should be supported beyond just sanctioning a leader and beyond declaration of intent that we will do something about it. If there is a country where we should care, it is definitely Belarus.
0: So, when we talk about Belarus, we definitely need to talk about Russia, too. It is known that Putin has close ties with Lukashenko. Russia has also called EU's response shocking. What is Russia's relationship with Belarus? Why is Belarus such a strong ally? And what is Belarus' importance to Putin?
1: so Belarus is more than important for the the kremlin leadership at the moment because it, it is a sort of testing ground for the way political internal political issues can affect regime stability I'm not going to discuss too much about the uh, economic clout and economic weight that Russia has in Belarus not least because it owns vast majority of economic sectors and financial sectors in the country, or the the way that mentalities in Belarus have been shaped and reshaped by Russian great power propaganda and the influence of information manipulation activities inside the, the Belarus mindset. But beyond that, what's happening today is a stress test for President Putin and the Kremlin leadership in watching Belarus very closely as, once again, a testing ground for How regime change can affect stability and how popular discontent could lead the strongman away from power. So whatever is happening in Minsk, of course, not on the same scale and not on a par to what would happen in Russia. Of course, you can't compare both countries for obvious reasons, but it is still a very close testing ground to look at what to do, what not to do. And the lessons learned in terms of managing such uh, movements and popular movements to try to take the leader away. Which means that Russia still needs to ensure that transition in Belarus, whatever comes next, whether it is a new round of election, whether it is an ouster of Lukashenko, a managed transition, or a more a more violent movement to get out of power, uh, Russia needs to have a say in transition. They cannot let they cannot afford to let the country slip away from what the Kremlin argues to be its sphere of influence or it's new abroad, and they need to make sure they have a say and a very close say in how things will develop in the country, which has been done recently by greater political outreach, greater outreach in military and defense sectors, for instance, and at the level of intelligence services.
0: Thank you, Mathieu, for your collaboration. And this is Marina Guimarães for Wikistrat. Have a nice day.
1: Thank you for having me.